Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. يا ايها الذين امنوا امنوا بالله ورسوله والكتاب الذي نزل على رسوله والكتاب الذي انزل من قبل ومن يكفر بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر فقد ضل ضلالا بعيدا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين حمد الشاكرين رب يفرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Dear brothers and sisters May Allah Azza wa Jal accept your and all of our uh, prayers and fasting and uh, enable us during this month of Ramadan to attain the taqwa that Allah Azza wa Jal promised for those who do the fasting in the, in the proper manner where Allah Azza wa Jal says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, kutiba alaykum al-siyam, kama kutiba ala al-ladhina min qablikum, la'allakum tattaqoon. Al-siyam has been prescribed upon you as much as it has been prescribed upon those people before you, so that you may attain taqwa. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal and we pray to Allah Azza wa Jal to enable us to attain the taqwa, which is the ultimate purpose of this siyam that we are going through. Uh, in this uh, night, which is uh, uh, this qiyam time uh, in Ramadan, uh, our regular program is to go over the tafsir of the Quran, but what I will do tonight, since it has been almost a year since we started this effort of the tafsir, I will make uh, a summary or a wrap up or if you will a timeline of the tafsir that we have done so far. Uh, we have done 11 surahs based on the revelation and I will go, uh, I will list those surahs then I will go over this path if you will. How do I get a path or a road uh, or a road map? based on the, this order of revelation that was uh, done at the time, from the time the first, the, the wahi was revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We went through the first surah which was revealed which is surah Al-Alaq, Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. Then uh, we went through surah Al-Muddathir, uh, 
which is the second surah revealed after Al-Araq, then surah Al-Qalam, then we did surah Al-Muzzammil, then surah number five was surah Al-Fatiha, then we did surah Al-Masad, then we did surah Al-A'la, then uh, we did surah Al-Layl, then surah Al-Takweer, then surah Al-Fajr, then surah Al-Duha. So those are the uh, first 11 surahs. And uh, uh, remember that the first 10 surahs until Surah Al-Fajr, from the beginning from Surah Al-Alaq until Surah Al-Fajr, which is Surah number 10, the Wahi was being revealed on a continuous basis. Continuous basis means that the Wahi does not, uh, uh, does not stop from being uh, uh, revealed to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There is a continuous uh, interactions between the Wahi Jibreel alayhi salam coming with something new to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam whether it's in the form of a Quran as ayat or in the form of a sunnah because part of the wahi is also sunnah until surah al-fajr at the end of surah al-fajr there was a time gap there was a gap uh, beyond which the wahi was not revealed for some time and that time the variation of the time based on the narrations varies from three days to some uh, scholars they put it at months few months but on the on the uh, the majority they agree that it's in the neighborhood between 30 days and 40 days so there was a time gap so until that time if we look at this the the surahs that were revealed it was or those surahs or that wahi was sketching a path if you will there is a very well defined path and going back to the uh, 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 to the fact that we are in Ramadan today let me remind of the surah of the ayah that Allah Azza wa Jal how he describes the Quran where he says shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Quran the month of Ramadan in which the Quran was revealed unzil al-Quran and there in another place Allah Azza wa Jal says نُنَزِّلُ نُنَزِّل means time by time step by step we reveal the Quran هُدًا للناس guidance for people وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِنَ الْهُدَى and details of guidance والفرقان and a furqan furqan means it's a splitter between حق and باطل so the Quran which was revealed it was giving details besides it's a guidance for all mankind guidance for all mankind means it provides uh, evidences and it, it attracts the attention of people to the fact that Allah is a God, is a, the Lord, is the one who is behind this universe. So people know that they should follow whatever Allah provides them with revelation in general. But also there are details of guidance. Which means it provides you very detailed milestones on how do you proceed in this Islam. So those surahs that we were going through, that we talked about, if we look at them, you will find that indeed they were, uh, uh, probably it won't work. It's okay, I'll just keep it. In the, if we look at these surahs and the way we were giving the tafsir, you will find indeed there were details in the sense that it shows Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Sahaba how to proceed in this new endeavor for Islam. This is a new da'wah, it's a new religion, it's a new ideology, it's a new system that's being revealed. It is some 
thing that is being given to the people so that the people can live in a different way than they were living before, in different way than the Jahiliya, different way than the Romans, different way than the Persians, and today it will be different way than what is called democracy, civil state, capitalism, etc. It's a different way, so it shows the details. How do you proceed in order to bring this new order into the life of the people? Starting from Surah Al-Alaq, and as I said, I will go over all of these surahs that we went through, uh, within the, the short period of time that I have uh, to talk during this night. So I will go over those in, uh, in, in, in a brief or summarized fashion. The first surah, Al-Alaq, as we said before, it came and introduced Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the Rabb of the world. Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. That's the first thing. Before you start, before you start doing anything, this is who your Rabb is. Your Rabb is not Abu Jahl, your Rabb is not the uh, society, your Rabb is not the people, your Rabb is not the public will, your Rabb is not the general will, your Rabb is not Jan Jacroso, your Rabb is not the Jahiliya of Mecca, your Rabb is Allah Azza wa Jal. Who is Allah? Alladhi Khalaq, the Creator. So the Creator is your Rabb. From day one, you better know who your Rabb is. That was the essence of the first surah right from the very beginning, introducing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the fact that his Rabb and the Rabb, and we, we talked about the significance of this uh, uh, at length because it was repeated in Surah Al-Alaq, in Surah Al-Muddathir, in Surah Al-Qalam, in Surah Al-Muzzammil, in all of these first surahs, the issue of the Rabb was repeated time and time again because as we uh, uh, mentioned time and again, the main issue, the main issue that differentiates or that stands between Islam and Kufr is the fact who is the Rabb. The main issue, the people in general, they don't have objection or problem with the fact that there is a creator. They don't. And I, I, I also I talked about the fact that during the history of mankind, only one small time period where people uh, uh, abruptly and, and uh, 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 bluntly, they declared the atheism and the no existence of God. This was during the era of communism. And this era is gone, it's no longer there. So people in general, they always have a notion about a God. Now they don't know who this God is, but in general they do not object to the fact that you, you people believe there is a God behind this world, but the objection has always been, and continues to be until today, the role of this God. What role does he play in the life of the people? As long as, as long as you keep this God outside the life of the people, outside the, the statehood, outside the organization of the society, people have no problem with that. People have no problem with that. But once you start saying, no, this God is Arab, Arab means he has a say, a big say, a major say in how the people should conduct their life in their society. Then there comes the, the conflict. Then there comes the conflict. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was introduced from day one to the fact that the creator, الذي خلق الإنسان من علق, who created the human out of a, a, a clot of blood, that creator is Arab. اقرأ باسم ربك. Your Rabb 
is the creator. That's day number one. Also, in the same surah, Allah Azza wa ended the surah with the, with the, with the, with the ayah saying about uh, uh, Abu Jahl, uh, who is an elite, who was supposed to be one of the rabs of Mecca, one of the arbab of Mecca. Rab means the one who had, uh, again, uh, he maintains the all order of the society. He makes laws and regulations and people should obey him because of his status. So Allah Azza wa ended the surah by saying, Indeed, you should not obey this elite. This person who stands in the society of Mecca as a Rabb, he has no obedience upon you. You should not obey this man. You should disobey him. And we mentioned that this was a time when Allah right from the very beginning, right from the very beginning of the surah, he made this very clear. You cannot have two rabs. It's either Allah or someone else. So Muhammad was given this very clear instruction to start this message of Islam, to start this deen, to start this ideology, to start this system of Islam, to start this da'wah of Islam. You have to recognize who your rab is and you have to deny this rububiyyah, this concept of rab to Abu Jahl and all the elites. And of course, the next surahs will come down to Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira and the rest of the crowd. Because uh, uh, Mecca as a tribal society was ruled by tribes and chiefs of tribes. So Abu Jahl was one of the chiefs. Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira was another chief. Abu Lahab was a third chief. Al-Akhnas bin, Sh uh, bin, uh, bin Shuraik was another chief and so on. So all of these chiefs, they were addressed one by one in the Quran without giving them names. It was the title except the title uh, about Abu Jahl uh, the as a Taghiyah, Allah Azza wa Jal called him the tyrant of Mecca and the people they used to know him as the tyrant of Mecca Kalla inna al-insana layatgha in Surah Al-Alaq was referring to him Kalla inna al-insana layatgha arra'ahu istaghna and we talked about that at length so Surah Al-Alaq lays down the foundation the foundation number one Allah Azza wa Jal is my Rabb and the Rabb of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the Rabb of everyone who believes in the message, in the new message, which is portrayed and, and, and propagated by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah is the Rabb. Everyone else does not deserve to be a Rabb and should be denied the right of obedience. Uh, number three, in this surah, Allah azza wa jal sets the stage of the struggle. The struggle between Islam and what? And the reason behind that. Now, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam has a new message and he will propagate the new message and this Islam is about to be revealed and propagated to the people. What are the obstacles? Who is going to stand in front of this deen? Who is going to be the main obstacle to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? In the first surah, Allah lays down these two sides of the coin, if you will, two sides of the table, or two sides, one side, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his worshipping to Allah Azza wa Jal. On the other side, The tyranny, the tyranny that creeps into the heart of a human, of a person, because of his notion or thought that he is absolutely independent, that he can do things on his own, that he does not need or depend on a God or Allah or a Creator. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَطْغَى The human may become a tyrant, 
may start practicing tyranny and tyranny in this case is the opposition to Islam. Tyranny is the opposition to the rule of Allah Azza wa Jal. Tyranny is the opposition to the propagation of Islam. Tyranny is the opposition to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his new message. So this tyranny is caused by the fact that someone feels absolute power. When he thinks and feels that he is absolutely mustaghni. Mustaghni means independent. He is absolutely powerful. He has the NATO, he has the oil, he has the gas, he has the diamond of Africa, he has the gold of, of the Nigeria and the other countries. He has all of these under his control. He has the security council, he has the veto, he has all of these power, the, the billions, the trillions of dollars, he has all of this. He's mustaghni. He's independent. No one can stop him. Therefore, he feels and he thinks that he can practice tyranny. And that tyranny, that tyranny or that oppression or that transgression stands against Islam and against the propagation of Islam. So from day one, Muhammad sallallahu was told, your Rabb is Allah Azza wa Jal. So you can take order from no one but Allah Azza wa Jal. You can instructions from nobody but Allah Azza wa Jal. You can rule or use the rules from no one other than Allah Azza wa Jal because that's what Arab is. And the one who claims to be Arab in Mecca should not give him any value or any weight. He is absolutely weightless. And the reason that Rabb in Mecca becomes a tyrant and wants to, to stop Islam and the propagation of Islam because of his feeling of absolute power, which is false power. Which is false power. It's not true. Now, having gone through this, immediately comes the issue of the, of the, 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 the heavy weight of this message. Now Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is new to this Islam. He was not prophet before. He was not a reader. And the Quran says that previously you were not reading or writing any of these things. And you were not literate about all of these deans and religions. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comes under very big tremendous pressure. There is the pressure of abandoning a society with its leadership and tyranny of Abu Jahl and the Jahiliyyah and the ignorance of Mecca and the pressure of holding this new trust from Allah Azza wa Jal and to do this pressure is absolutely difficult for a man even to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so Allah Azza wa Jal deals with this issue immediately in the next surah, Surah Al-Muddathir he comes down to him saying, Ya ayyuhal muddathir qum Now, you have been given the message, you have this task, you cannot hide anymore. You cannot cover your face. You cannot go blind. You cannot uh, have a lid on your eyes so that you don't see things. You better stand up. You cannot hide. Ya ayyuhal muddathir. Al muddathir, we said, the one who is taking a shelter or taking a cover, you are covering your face with a blanket, you are covering your body as if you want to be isolated from this world, as if you are seeing this heavy duty upon you and you don't know what to do with it, as if you are trying to, to stay away, to shy away from this big responsibility, Allah Azza wa does not give him a chance. He says, you have been selected as a prophet, Allah is your Rabb, you better stand up. And he calls him, Ya ayyuhal muddathir, qum fa'andir, stand up. This is a time to stand up. You cannot sleep. You cannot sit down. You cannot relax. You have to stand up. Qum fa'andir, stand up. 
and warn the people going back to the same issue about the Rabb your Rabb only is the great none but your Rabb can have this value or this uh, 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 this greatness or this power if you will only your Rabb so now from day one or the second day let's say the second surah immediately Allah Azza wa Jal starts preparing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the task, to the mission, to the trust, to the amana, so that he can carry this amana with all the power that he can use. And that's where the surah Al-Muddathir comes in. Ya ayyuhal muddathir, qum fa'andir wa rabbaka fakabbir wa thiyabaka fatahhir wa rudza fahjur wa la tamnun tastakthir wa li rabbika fasbir and make the sabr and we talked about this uh, uh, at length that in this endeavor, in this work, there has to be persistence. You cannot do things in a reluctant way. You do things today, then you sleep, then you hide out, then you come back. You can't do that. It has to have a sabr. And we said the sabr is not the so-called the weak translation of patience. Patience sometimes means tolerance. You tolerate pressure, you tolerate uh, uh, heavy work, you tolerate difficulty. No, it's not only that. It's not the tolerance, but it's the persistence. It's the perseverance that you continue to do whatever you are supposed to do for the sake of your Rabb only. Not for any other reason. There is in the next surahs, Allah Azza wa Jal, uh, He brings the issue of Sabr. Wasbir Rabbik in Surah Al Qalam. Wasbir Rabbik means. Continue to do whatever you are doing until the hukum of your Rabb comes down. Until your Rabb makes his decree. Until your Rabb provides you with a victory. That is different. The second one, it says you make sabr until something happens. Here in the Surah Al-Muddathar, he says you make sabr only for the sake of your Rabb. Because Allah is your Rabb. Allah is your Rabb. And he is your uh, uh, you take your orders from him, you take your instructions, he is your creator, he is the one who is uh, uh, designating you as a messenger. So you make a sabr only, only because of your Rabb, without any restrictions, without any, uh, without any expectations, without any type of promises. Because your Rabb is Allah Azza wa Jal, so you have to be persistent, persistent because of him. وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ so this cannot be uh, uh, said in any better way because Allah Azza wa Jal is your Rabb. I am doing this da'wah for my Allah Azza wa Jal. I'm not doing it for myself. I'm not doing it for in order to get success in this world, although I might. I'm not doing it only because I will get rewarded on the day of judgment. And I expect that to happen. But I am doing it because of Allah. Because he wants me to do it, I am doing that. He wants me to carry the da'wah, I am carrying the da'wah. He wants me to propagate Islam, I am propagating Islam. He wants me to be in this line of work, I am in this line of work. So the Surah Al-Muddathir comes immediately and puts this type of concept in the heart and the mind of the Prophet Allah is your, the greatest thing in your life. And for that Rabb, for the sake of that Rabb, you make your sabr. You make your sabr means you make your work consistent. You make your work persistent. You make your work continuous. You will never be reluctant. So that is the second surah. And then of course the surah comes and talks about uh, 
one of the elites of Mecca, just like the previous, uh, the previous one, where it says uh, about Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, the way he started making the, 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 the uh, obstacles against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the very, in the marvelous manner of the Quran, where it says, إِنَّهُ فَكَّرَ وَقَدَّرَ فَقُتِلَ كَيْفَ قَدَّرَ ثُمَّ قُتِلَ كَيْفَ قَدَّرَ there is a person who is standing there in Mecca. He is thinking and he is contemplating and he is estimating what to do with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What is, how he has to handle this da'wah of Muhammad, this new mission, this new idea about Allah is the only Rabb. This is something strange to Mecca. Mecca is known to have every one of the elites is a Rabb. Every, every corner around the Kaaba there is a God. There are many gods. There are... Uh, the Kaaba had more than 365 idols. Each day of the year, there is for each day of the year, there is an idol. There is a sanam. For each tribe, there is one or more sanam. And they used to make their asnam from all types of things. So now this man, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is coming to say, He made all gods, he he summed them up in one God, Allah Azza wa Jal, that doesn't, that does not, that's not logical to the people of Mecca. So now he's thinking, this person, what he has to say to the people about this new mission. He's thinking and making taqdeer, his death and his killing in, is in the way he has been thinking or making estimation. He started looking around and he started frowning and he started giving all these type of faces until eventually he came to the conclusion oh that what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying is nothing but a magic. This is the statement of people. This is the word of a man. This is not the word of Allah azza wa jal. But nevertheless the idea here is in the surah is Allah azza wa jal is giving Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and giving us this issue what goes in a society against Islam and whatever we see the conspiracies that come they don't come sporadic just like that it's not random there is someone someone who is standing or sitting somewhere and making these type of estimates thinking what do I do there is a revolution happening in Syria and if we let it go if we let the people go in their struggle against Bashar al-Assad, probably Islam will come out of that. And if Islam comes out of that, then all of these arbab, those, all of these gods of the society like Bashar and the, and the intelligence and his elites in, the, in Washington, in Britain, in Moscow, all of them will fail, will lose. Then all of the conspiracy it does not come out all, all of these actions against the so-called the revolution and the Muslims and the Islamists. It doesn't come out in a random manner. Someone, someone is sitting there somewhere making tafkir and taqdeer, just like Al-Walid. So Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Mecca when they started saying, let's say that this man is a magician. It did not come out simply because someone thought, oh, let's just say it. There was a person, the, the Quran describes the, the, describe the scene about how this person is spending 
Now this person symbolizes the elites of Mecca. إنه فكر وقدر فقتل كيف قدر ثم قتل كيف قدر ثم نظر ثم عبس وبسر النظر means he's contemplating it's not only he's looking the word النظر in, in, in Arabic it says النظر it's not only look when we say look into an issue means think about it نظر ثم عبس عبس he was frowning he cannot find a solution وبسر his face turned yellow black all types of things he's this is a very difficult situation for him very difficult the man Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not easy to deal with this Quran is very powerful although it's, it's still new there is not much Quran being revealed only the surah iqra khalaq, not much this surah al-muddathir according to narration was the second surah so there was not much of the Quran revealed but Nevertheless, they already understood there is something big coming out. They don't have to see the entire system of Islam to understand that this Islam will undermine their rulership. They don't have to see that this Islam is bringing an entire economic system, social system, political system. Not yet. All they had to understand, one thing that this Quran or this Islam is declaring that the only Rabb is Allah Azza wa Jal. This is powerful. This powerful. Allah is my Rabb. That, you know, once the people understand what you mean by that, they know that this Rabb means to undermine their rulership, their leadership, their eliteship, their statementhood, that the fact that they are exploiting the society, all of this will be gone without even, without details. So now they are thinking, what do we do with that? And the Quran depicts this that someone will be thinking someone will be conspiring someone will be looking at all possibilities and they did they said let's say that this man is a poet and the Quran is poetry no 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 it doesn't work poetry doesn't look like the Quran let's say that this person is a kahin kahin means like the priesthood those priests who mumble things that nobody understands they, 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 they talk gibberish and the people think they, they, they are saying something. Let's say, let's say that he's looking into the stars, like those who are uh, uh, trying to predict the future and talk about, let's make any claim, no, it doesn't work. That doesn't sound like that. He's not a kahin, he's not a araf, he's not a poet, he's not a magician either. But then at the end of the day, they said, but magic has two types of views. A magic can be the magician like those people at the time of the Pharaoh, the magicians who play with their sticks and the, and the ropes and they make, they, they, uh, uh, they make illusion. And this is of course not. But then there is yet another type of magic which is the impact and effect on the minds of the people with the word. They said, Sihrul Bayan. Sihrul Bayan your words are so powerful that you can dilute the minds of the people. They said, oh, this Quran, then we can say that. Because it's powerful, it's very beautiful, so it does have this magical effect on the minds of the people. So then they settled on it. So in other words, when they come up, when someone comes up and says, well, let's call these Muslims terrorists. It doesn't come just like that. Actually, if you... And the reason I'm mentioning this, back in 1978, 
there was a conference that continued for about seven days between British intelligence, CIA, KGB at the time, and many of the intelligence of the world was gathered somewhere in Europe to discuss this issue of uh, political Islam and terrorism and how they define terrorism so that they can impact the rise of Islam. So it did not come out sporadic, just like that. There was someone, somebody who had a conference, they talked, they workshops, they made all types of research, then they came up with a conclusion, oh, let's start calling these Muslims terrorists. And same thing about fundamentalism, and they brought those labels. Let's label some people as fundamentalists, some as terrorists, some as fanatic, some as uh, isolationists, some as uh, people who are going to, to, uh, to impact the minorities and not tolerant, intolerance, all of these type of titles, let's bring them and try to fix them to all types of groups of Muslims and then single out some group called moderates. Those are moderates, the ones that we will support. And if you don't, if you want more information, go to the Heritage Foundation uh, 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 literature back I think in, in uh, I think 1999 there was an article by the Heritage Foundation where they talk about the moderates and the non-moderates of Islam now the moderates and they give them classification and then they say anyone a moderate is the one who does not believe that Islam is an ideology simple anyone who looks at Islam as an ideology is fundamentalist, is fanatic, is all of these uh, things. But if you don't think of Islam as an ideology, which means you think of Islam only as, as a book to read, as a prayer to do, as a fasting, as Ramadan, then you are our friend and you will be celebrated forever. I said you will be celebrated. Celebrate, which means you will be a celebrity, according to the Heritage Foundation. So there is a foundation, there is some money, there is some funds which is being spent in order to come up with these labels and these type of, uh, of tricks. And that's exactly what that surah was depicting right from the very beginning that someone like Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira is sitting in Mecca uh, with the group of elites and trying to see how do we deal with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Quran depicts that. So that was one of the surahs. Then, and of course, there are all types of things. I'm not going to go through the tafsir again, but I'm trying to sketch this timeline as you, as, uh, as you see right from the very, very beginning. Allah is your Rabb. Uh, none else qualifies to be a Rabb. Know your enemy. Make sure that you know your, their tricks, how they want to label you and to, to start to, to be against you. And never, never give in to them. And that comes in the next surah. Surah Al-Qalam immediately, which talks about this issue again. Now, these people, they want to label you. These people, they want to put an obstacle in front of you. Then how do you behave? How do you behave? Are you going to give in? Are you going to compromise with them? Are you going to play with their game, with their rules? These guys, they will have rules. Then the Quran comes and says, فَلَا تُطَعَ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ those deniers, rejectors, you don't obey them. You don't listen to them. What do لو تدهنوا فيدهنون? They want you to start smoothing a little bit. 
They want you to start giving up part of your ideas. They want you to start mixing your ideas with their ideas. Your Islam with their secularism, your Islam with their civil state, your Islam with their democracy, your Islam with their capitalism, your Islam with their nationalism, your Islam with their tribalism, your Islam with all of these isms. They want you to start mixing things. They may not want you to, to drop down all of your deen. They don't want you to drop your God all the way, but they want you to split that God or to separate your God from your life. Let your God be on the sky only, but on the earth there are other gods. But Allah Azza wa Jal in other places He says, هو الذي في السماء إله وفي الأرض إله. Allah is the God in the sky and He is the God, the God on the earth. He is the God of the heavens, He is the God of the earth. He is the God of the universe, He is the God of the earth. He is the God of the angels, He is the God of the people. He is the God of the stars, He is the God of the people. Don't make any mistake about that. Don't make any compromise on this issue. So now their plan, when they make all of these statements and their accusations against Islam and they put all these obstacles, they want you to compromise. They want you to stand, to come and meet middle line, middle way. Just like in Egypt, what's happening in Egypt or what's happening in Syria. In order for you to be in the ruling position, you have to give up part of your ideas or principles. Don't bring God into the constitution. You can come to the rulership, you can be a president of Egypt, but don't bring your God to the life of the people. Don't do that. And if at any point of time, at any point of time we smell or we think or we anticipate that you may introduce, not necessarily bring all the way, you may introduce Godship into the society or someone may think that, then you are out. Then you are out. You don't even have to do it, but because they may have some inclination that at some point of time, some people may think that, oh, with this group of Muslims in the rulership, then it is possible, it's possible for Islam or for God, for the Rabb of the world to be the Rabb of the society. Because of that possibility, no matter how remote that possibility is, you are out. You cannot be in. Unless you, because if you compromise one thing, then you have to compromise all the way through. And that's the lesson. The compromise, some people they would say, I compromise only one principle. But I still have 99 principles. Don't count on that. If you compromise one principle, then you compromise the rest all the way through. And if you don't, then you are out. That means you are not really compromising. In fact, there is a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It says, Tufsamu ural islami urwatan urwa. The ura means, this is the buttons. Islam is like a shirt with buttons. He says, those buttons of the shirt will be unbuttoned, will be released one after another. The first one is al-hukum, the rulership. You unbutton one, then once you do that, then the rest of them will be unbuttoned and you will be absolutely naked. When your shirt is gone, you will be naked. You will have nothing left. You will have nothing left. So Allah warned Muhammad وسلم, from the very beginning, these people, they conspire and they make all the plans and then they come to you. And then they want you to compromise. What do you tudhin? In fact, the word tudhin means your skin is a little bit soft. It doesn't say that you give up all your deen. Tudhin means 
you are a little bit soft. You are not attacking their gods. You are not uh, stepping down on their values and their customs and their traditions on their ignorance on their jahiliya and all of this. You are not doing all. Only a little bit. Adon, tudhen, you just put on your skin some Vaseline, some cream, so that when somebody touches your skin, it's a little bit soft. It's not rough. That's all. But once you do that, then expect that you will be rolled all the way down. You will be rolling all the way down until you give, give up all your Islam. And if you don't, if you don't give up your Islam, then they will continue to fight you. They will continue to struggle against you. They will continue to evict you. And that's exactly what's happening today when the people, they compromise. They say in Syria, you know what? Because we want to get some funds from Qatar, from Saudi Arabia, from other places, we may give up some ideas or not even announce them. And they think that this is the only thing we are compromising. That's not true. Because once, once the whole episode is over, then you will be forced out of the rulership or you have to compromise all the way down. And that is the issue that Allah Azza wa Jal described to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam right from the very beginning. In Surah Al-Qalam, which is after Surah Al-Alaq and Surah Al-Muddathir, say, don't compromise. Your principles are the highest. Your values are the highest. You are at the highest level of ethics, at the highest level of values. You are on the straight path. And you are not insane. You are not insane. They are insane. You are not crazy. They are crazy. You are not foolish. They are foolish. They are the ones who are wrong. You are on the right path. And that was in Surah Al-Qalam. And then Allah Azza wa Jal goes on. Immediately, Surah Al-Muzzammil comes again. And Surah Al-Muzzammil continues to focus on the same issue. That you cannot be reluctant. Stand up all the night. Half of it or a little bit less than half or even more. Let the Quran be given to the society as chunks, one after another, ayah after ayah, revelation after revelation. And uh, we mentioned at length. Right then, at the time, there was not the issue of tertil or tajweed. The issue of tajweed was not even there. Abdullah bin Mas'ud was not yet there to, to, to recite in the beautiful way of recitation. Or Bilal, that was, it was not the time of tertil in the sense that we know it. Whether the people talk about it. It was in the sense of providing the Qur'an as ratil. And ratil in, in Arabic, we talk about it in army, in fighting, you say the rattle of tanks, means a group of tanks or armored vehicles moving into the front. So a rattle is, is, is a group of, uh, of vehicles or armed, uh, armored vehicles or uh, uh, troops that are moving into the front, rattle by rattle, group by group, as synchronized group. So rattle al-Qur'ana tartila means you organize the Quran, collect these ayats that are being revealed to you and push them into the society as they are revealed. The whatever is being revealed as a rattle, as a group of ayat, push it to the people, push it to the society. So give it to the society so that you can impact the society well. 
So, it, uh, so that surah now, which is Surah Al-Muzammal, is telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the method now, or technique. Quran is being revealed, there are ayat, there are concepts, there are ideas, there are issues that are be, to be addressed. Now those cannot be hidden to you. Those are not yours only. Those have to be provided to the society. Those have to be used in order to change the society in front of you. So the Quran is not to be revealed only to be put in a book and to be recited. It is to be given as artal. And Allah describes the Quran, This word that is being revealed to Muhammad وسلم, is something heavy. This is not easy. This is not light. Heavy in the sense, not in the sense that you cannot carry it, but in the sense that its impact is very heavy. Its impact on the society is happy. It is going to change the entire structure of the society, the entire mentality of the people, the entire mentality of the world. This is something absolutely cannot be underestimated. It is from Allah Azza wa Jal and it will, it is, uh, its value is absolutely beyond the estimation of our human brain. It is absolutely big value. Inna sanulqi alayka qawlan taqila. And that was the essence of this surah and there are all types of uh, uh, details that were uh, revealed and we talked about them but nevertheless it puts one step that uh, as surah al-alaq your rabb is allah azza wa jal none can be rabb the uh, against you the obstacles against muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam who are going to conspire in the darkness and trying to come up with ideas and ways to deal with you and they want you to compromise and you should not and this Quran that's given to you is absolutely heavy it's strong you have to be persistent in this uh, uh, in this endeavor, uh, endeavor and Allah Azza wa Jal brings the issue of sabr one more time uh, where he says wasbir sabran jameela wasbir ala ma yaquluna wahjurhum hajran jameela now the sabr is a little bit more defined in surah al al uh, المدثر, it says لربك فاصبر in surah al-qalam it says واصبر uh, لحكم ربك make sabr for the حكم of your رب in surah al-muzammil it says واصبر على ما يقولون they are going to say all types of things accuse you and conspire against you but you have to have sabr against all, all of that then after all these four surahs comes the surah al-fatiha now remember until now the foundation of Islam and the aqidah of Islam is not completely defined. Not com very glimpses, small or pieces of the aqidah are being formed of Islam, of the, of the foundation. But now comes Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha lays down the entire structure of Islam. Entire structure of Islam and this whole vision, if you will, now is the time to reveal it. So Surah number five, which is Surah Al-Fatiha, which is actually the first surah in the Quran that we open the Quran with, which is summarizes this entirety of Islam. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah is the Rabb of the world. He is Ar-Rahman. He is Ar-Rahim. These are characteristics now of Allah Azza wa Jal. He is Maliki Yawm al-Din, the owner of the Yawm al-Din. Ah, there is a notion of Yawm al-Din. There is something beyond this world. Uh, and then, Iyaka na'bud wa Iyaka nasta'een. You have to devote your entire worship to Allah Azza wa Jal. You have to get your support and help only from Allah. When he says, Iyaka na'bud means only you. 
It's not only we worship you or we seek help from you, only from you. We worship you alone. We seek help from you alone. And that is very important because the da'wah is still at the beginning. Islam is still on the rise. All types of obstacles. And you will be wondering all the way. You want to see where do I get my help from? Where do I get my support from? Who's going to support me? Am I going to go to the NATO, to the Security Council, to the European Union, to Russia, to China? Where, where do I get my support from? I need arms, I need money, I need, I need support, I need uh, all types of so-called international community to support me. Where do I get my support from? Mecca is ganging against me, Quraysh is ganging against me, all the kuffar, all the mushrikeen, and the Jews are already hearing about this message of Islam and sending their delegations to Quraysh and giving them all types of ideas and thoughts what to do with this Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with this new deen, and there are narrations and reports in the seerah that the Jews, as soon as they healed of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they sent delegations after delegations to Mecca, to Quraysh, to tell them how to deal with this and to tell them that we are experts in dealing with the prophets and we know what to do with those who claim prophethood. So there, is, there are all types of conspiracies. Now for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, almost alone, Khadija has just believed in him, Ali is a young kid, believed in him, few Sahaba, few slaves, ex-slaves like Bilal. So not many people have endorsed this da'wah. And those who have become part of Islam, actually, instead of bringing support and help, they brought weakness because they are weak, like slaves, like poor, like the ones uh, uh, who don't have any, any family backup. Then the Quraysh of people, they think, oh, this is a very easy task for us. Just like the people of Nuh, when they told Nuh, Ya Nuh, they told him, We see that the only ones who are following you are the ones, the low class among us. means the lowest class among us. You are insane, you are crazy to let these people to be part of your da'wah. So the same thing, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was, he was followed by people who don't have that strength. Umar is still not a Muslim. Hamza has not accepted Islam yet. This is still very early. Where do I get my support from? Only Allah Azza wa Jal, we look for support from Him. So that puts the foundation there that don't even think, don't even think about mixing this Islam even in the issue of support. We're not talking about the mixing ideas. Don't even try to look beyond Allah Azza wa Jal or other than Allah Azza wa Jal, your Rabb, your Creator, your Ilah, your God, as being the source of support. That's very important for the Da'wah to proceed. That's very important for the Nasr, for the victory to come from Allah Azza wa Jal. اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَرَضَّانِّينَ آمين. And lays down that I will seek the hidayah, the guidance from you. And Allah Azza wa Jal did provide it. As we said in the uh, ayah about Ramadan, I gave you the Quran with complete guidance. The sirat, the path of the people who believe in Allah Azza wa Jal, not the path of those who have been given the hidayah and they were misguided. So Surah Al-Fatiha came and made the, laid down the entire vision, the entire roadmap of Islam, if you will. 
So the whole structure of Islam, the whole framework of Islam is laid down in Surah Al-Fatiha. Then comes immediately after that Surah Al-Masad, going back to the struggle. So the struggle had already begun. And the struggle began from right from the very beginning in Surah Al-Alaq. Abu Jahl was targeted in Surah Al-Muddathir. Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira was targeted. Surah Al-Qalam. The uh, Al-Walid bin Mughira and Akhnas bin Shuraiq were targeted. Then Abu Lahab. Now Abu Lahab in Surah Al-Masad comes from within. He is the family member from Bani Hashim. Al Bayt. So Al Bayt don't make any mistake. That Al Bayt is not everyone from the house of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Here is Abu Lahab, the uncle of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Bani Hashim. From within, he stands in the society of Mecca as the most aggressive person against Muhammad and against Islam. And he follows Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in every corner, every house, every place he goes to. Abu Lahab comes and says, oh people, I apologize on behalf of my nephew. My nephew is crazy, he's insane, he's foolish, he's shunning our family. He's giving us shame, he's embarrassing us. He doesn't know what he's doing. So please, please, please don't, don't be mad at us or angry. And I apologize, we are sorry, we will take care of our man. This is a man, the uncle of the Prophet, he's going after him, claiming that this man is crazy, this man is insane, this man is shunning the people with this Islam that he's giving. So Abu Lahab and his wife, they were doing everything in their power to stop the rise of Islam. So they deserved an entire surah by themselves, Abu Lahab and his wife. So the surah Al-Masad, or sometimes it's called surah Al-Lahab, تَبَّتْ يَدَىٰ أَبِي لَهَبٍ وَتَبَّا أَغْنَ عَنْهُ مَالُهُ وَمَا كَسَبٍ سَيَصْلَىٰ نَارًا ذَاتَ لَهَبٍ وَمْرَأَتُهُ حَمَّلَةَ الْحَطَبٍ فِي جِبِهَا حَبْلٌ مِنْ مَسَدٍ An entire surah to curse Abu Lahab and his wife. And to warn them. And to threaten them. And more so to stand on the side of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to take the lead in the struggle. It's not Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who is doing that, it's Allah. In the previous surah, in Surah Al-Fatiha, says, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينُ Oh, Allah, I seek help from you. So Allah brings an entire surah to defend Muhammad, to defend Islam, and to attack the highest elite in Mecca. And that goes in the, in the milestones of the da'wah. While you are da making da'wah, there are no red lines. You know, sometimes you say, oh, this is Abu Lahab. After all, he is my uncle from my tribe, and he is elite. And he's influential, and he's powerful, so I might be easy on him. It's a red line. In Jordan, they say, the king is a red line. Don't, you can criticize anyone but the king. Sometimes they say, you can do anything, but don't criticize democracy, because democracy is a god in some places. Don't go against the civil state. That's all the public will. Those are red lines. The Quran came and to tell us there is nothing called the red line. There is no one who, is, who has this called the so-called saintship. He's a saint that you cannot go against. He has a protection. He has diplomatic immunity. Abu Lahab, 
should have all type of immunity by the current today's standards or by the standards of the Jahiliyyah. This man should be immune. He's from Bani Hashim. He's the uncle of the Prophet. He's elite. He's powerful. He has the money. He has the influence. So you better not touch him. If you want to proceed in Mecca to be able to convey your da'wah and to walk in the streets of Mecca without any harm, you better not touch Abu Lahab. Don't get close to him. That's the so-called, the, 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 the typical mentality, typical mentality of an average person who wants to carry a certain mission. But that's not Islam. Islam comes and removes all of these borders. Abu Lahab, tabbat yada Abi Lahab watam. Tabbat yada. Cursed to Abu Lahab. Al-Walid bin al-Mughira, utullin ba'da thalika zaneen. He's son of a whore. Al-Walid bin al-Mughira. Abu Jahl, kalla inna al-insana la yatra. Later, la illam yantahi la nasfa'an bin nasiya. If he does not stop, we will slap him right on the forehead and beat him up. Allah Azza wa Jal is saying, so no border lines. That is part of the da'wah. That's part of the mission. That's part of the Islamic methodology. That's part of the Quranic methodology. That's not my methodology. And those people who continue to say, oh, if you want to proceed in Egypt to be able to, to navigate and to get the elections and to get the, the popular vote of the people, you better not criticize the civil state and you better say, I am with the civil state. I go along with the public will. So that you get popular, so that you get the popularity. Those are red lines. That is not true. That is against the Islamic methodology. And that does not give you, get you anywhere with Allah It may get you a little bit with the, with the elites, with the people. They may, they may like you for a while, but then they will kick you from the back. But you better stick with whatever Allah says. And that Surah Al-Masad comes and declares this issue that no red lines in Islam. Everything is under. The only one who is up is Allah Azza wa Jal and there comes Surah Al-A'la which is next. The only one that can be gratified, that can be glorified, that can be raised all the way up is Allah Azza wa Jal. Nothing more. You cannot raise. You cannot raise up anything. But Allah Azza wa Jal, Sabbih isma rabbika al-a'la. And there comes the surah, surah al-a'la. And we read it, we say it in our sujood all the time, Subhana rabbi al-a'la, Subhana rabbi al-a'la, Subhana rabbi al-a'la, three times in each rak'ah, in each sujood, three times, in each rak'ah, six times. But that tasbih to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to the Muslims at the beginning, which comes immediately after Surah Al-Masad, it means nothing, nothing deserves to be up in a very high status beyond the criticism but Allah Azza wa Jal. Sabbih isma rabbika Tasbih, tasbih is tanzih, is the glorification, is to make sure that this is absolutely immune, is beyond any criticism, is beyond any... Uh, 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 Beyond any mistakes, if you will, beyond uh, this God, this Allah Azza wa Jal has no bias whatsoever. He is Allah. Sabbih isma rabbika al-a'la. 
الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهذا and all of these are details but the, 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 the point is that Allah Azza wa Jal is your Rabb and then of course how long all of this is going to, to happen that Allah is my Rabb these guys, guys are not mine and then the society of Mecca continues to be in its ignorance and its, uh, its jahiliyyah Allah Azza wa Jal starts revealing tackling the issues and we said in Surah At-Takweer which is the next Surah where Allah brings all of these events about either all of this until he says he starts tackling issues the issue of burying a child alive that's an issue of the society yes of course believing in other in, in gods other than Allah is bad of course it's being tackled the elites of Mecca who are not uh, basing their, their ideas on anything that makes sense, it's bad, which has been tackled. But at the end of the day, what makes really difference in a society is how does this new Islam look at the society? There are transactions, there are uh, relations in the society that were happening. So the Quran now starts tackling issues. So the Dawah cannot be abstract. Abstract means only ideas that matter to the mind. It cannot be like that. It has to be a little bit more. It has to be practical. It has to tackle issues. So now the Quran starts revealing the some notions about what goes in the society of Mecca, which is absolutely bad. And the Quran brings the first issue and chooses and selects the first issue to tackle, which is the burying a child girl alive. وَإِذَا الْمَوْؤُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ بِأَيِّ ذَنْبٍ قُتِلَتْ In the Surah At-Takweer, and Surah At-Takweer had many other issues, but this is major. This major because it's new. Now, the next surahs, which is Surah Al-Layl, Surah Al-Fajr, and Surah Al-Duha, especially Surah Al-Layl and Surah Al-Fajr, Allah Azza wa starts bringing the issue of the night and the day. The night and the day and the Fajr and the dawn and the rise of dawn and the long nights in both surahs, which is, there are all types of indications there, but one major indication, it's the issue of the persistence and the looking for victory. How long, how long this ignorance of Mecca will, 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 will prevail? How long this society of Kufr and Shirk will continue to dominate? How long this oppression will continue to be practiced against Muslims and Islam? How long this Islam will be, uh, will be pressured and tortured and tyranny will be practiced against Islam? How long? All of these questions, they, they hit the mind of a Muslim, especially the weak ones. A weak physical weakness, not mentally weakness. Muslim cannot be mentally weak. Muslim can be physically weak, but not mentally weak. Those people who are being tortured like Bilal, now there is... There is there has, there has already been some aggression against Muslims, uh, especially against the weak Muslims. So now the question, how long this will prevail? So Allah Azza wa Jal brings this notion, When the, the night sometimes takes over, but then the day light will come up. And then Surah Al-Fajr, it says, وَالْفَجْرِ وَلَيَانٍ عَشْرٍ There is a Fajr, the dawn, which comes after long nights. The nights can be many, can be 10, can be more, can be less, but then Al-Fajr will come out. And then Allah Azza wa Jal shows how he dealt with the tyrants before, how he dealt with Aad, 
uh, the, the people of Ad, the people of Thamud, the people of Fir'aun. And then in the Surah Al-Fajr, he brings this notion. Yes, I'm uh, finishing. What time do you want me to finish right now? Okay. Give me five minutes. Then he brings the issue of Inna Rabbaka Labil Mirsad. Inna Rabbaka Labil Mirsad. It's a general principle. It's a principle that it's not only that Allah deals with tyrants like Fir'aun, like Ad, like Thamud, but also Allah is watchful Inna Rabbaka Labil Mirsad whenever tyranny takes over, like the tyranny of Fir'aun and, 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 and Ad and Thamud, then Allah brings this issue of the destruction for these tyrants one more time. Inna rabbaka labil mirsad. So be it Fir'aun or be it Mecca, the Jahiliya of Mecca. Or be it the Jahiliya of Mecca or the Jahiliya of today's life. Or be it the Jahiliya of Mecca or the tyrants of today. Be it the Fir'aun of then or the Fir'aun of Syria. Or the Fir'aun of then or the Fir'aun of Egypt. The Fir'aun of then or the Fir'aun of the world. It doesn't matter. Allah Azza wa Jal, inna rabbaka labil mirsad giving the Muslims that glad tiding, that feeling of comfort that Allah is always watchful, He's always there. Never let your eyes down, never let your brain go away from Allah the fact that He is the ultimate support for you. So those were the first 10 surahs that we went through. That shows the full path, if you will, right from the very beginning. Steadfast to what you are. Allah is your Rabb. Your enemies will always conspire against you. You cannot compromise on anyone. And you cannot let the issues of the Jahiliya uh, be out of your sight. You have to tackle them one after another. And you cannot give up your deen or your principles. Not even a single one. And Allah is your ultimate support. is your ultimate help. You cannot seek help or support from anyone but Allah And there are no borderlines, no red lines in this da'wah. Everything is under your target. And I would like to stop right here. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Do we have time for comments, questions and answers? Okay. If anybody wants to make comment or questions. Besides it's too long. Go ahead. You want to take the mic? Yes, yes. Oh, the, the question just about don't be uh, like the people who carry the books on their backs like a donkey who carries the books. What which surah was that? It was in Surah Al Jum'ah. Just. Okay, do you have the question? Or the, okay. It says, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يَحْمِلُ الَّذِينَ حُمِّلُ التَّوْرَاتَ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَحْمِلُوهَا كَمَثَلُ الْحِمَارِ يَحْمِلُ أَسْفَارًا Those who were given the Torah to carry it, and they did not carry it in the proper sense, they are like a donkey who is carrying books on, on, on his back.
So the fact that you have lots of knowledge in your brain, and if you are not acting on them, that is just like a donkey who is carrying some books. So we better not be like that. Yes? Well, the question is about those people who uh, think that uh, going through the civil state and the public will and the uh, uh, democratic uh, methods or means, this is the only way we think that we can go through and proceed in order to bring our change. Uh, how do we respond to them? As, uh, as I said, in the, right at the beginning, after revealing a few surahs, on the ways of the struggles and those who stand in front of Islam, Allah Azza wa Jal revealed Surah Al-Fatiha where he declared that it is only through Allah Azza wa Jal we seek the support. So if it's the support and the need and the help and I need a backup on my, uh, to something to back me up, Right from the very beginning, Allah Azza wa Jal says, look, this is my deen, this is my Islam, this is my religion I'm revealing to you. It's, it is heavy. It is true, it's heavy. But you seek your support from Allah Azza wa Jal. And the conspiracies are great, are, are absolutely tremendous against you. And the obstacles are huge. However, uh, and of course the difficulties are, are uh, abundant. But you take support from Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, you don't have a choice on this. Yes, of course, it's tempting that I want to get support from the Security Council, from the uh, uh, Western elites, from the uh, so-called non-governmental organizations which are financed by Qatar and Saudis and all of this money. All of this is tempting. But that's not Islam. That's not Islam. Whether, whether it works or not, it's irrelevant. That's not the issue whether it works or not. The issue is it's not legal, it's not allowed. And all someone needs is to go through how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam his Islam was built by the Quran. And that's what matters for me. What matters for me is the Islam that was revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, not the Islam that some elites want to, to portray. And the, the Islam that was revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam going through the seerah, step by step you will see that right from the very, very, very beginning, Allah showed how big and tremendous the pressures were against the Prophet. However, when it comes to the support, Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the one that I take my help from. I'm not going to take my help from someone who is working against Islam. And in Surah Al-Qalam where it says, They really wish that you, you, you come middle way, not even middle way, 10% and they come 90%. Only one person. In fact, the Quran in another place tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
واحذرهم أن يفتنوك عن بعض ما أنزل الله إليك Be careful that they should not push you away from a piece, an inch of what has been revealed to you Not even the entire deen, just a little bit piece It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be munafiq or not. That's not the issue of the title. The issue is, is that it's wrong. It's wrong. The moment you start looking at any other source, as, uh, any source other than Allah Azza wa Jal, that means you are not taking your, your Allah as your only Rabb. That's problem. That's very serious problem. Because this is, especially when it comes to the public will and the civil state. Civil state means that you let your will, you let your will to the will of the people. That's the definition of it. You let your will away, you, 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 you submit your will actually. You submit to the will of the general public, which is called the general will, or the will of the people. In Islam, the only time I submit my will is to Allah Azza wa Jal. I cannot submit my will to you, or to him, or to other people. Allah Azza wa Jal gave me my own will, he installed it in me, and he requested that I submit it only to Allah Azza wa Jal. And to submit the will means what? Means that I am not going to do a certain act for what? I will let down, I will stop eating in Ramadan. Why? Because the people say don't eat? I can't do that. I stop eating only because Allah Azza wa Jal says. When I do my prayer, I, I leave all my work and come to Jum'ah only because Allah Azza wa Jal, it's not because of the people. That's the, sub, the, the, pub, the public will. So it's not really an issue of nifaq or not. It's beyond that. It's an issue of who your Rabb is. And that's what, what the first ayat dealt with in, in Surah Iqra, Surah Al-Muddathar, Surah Al-Muzzammil, Surah Al-Qalam. All of them, they dealt with these issues. Yes. That's true. I mean, uh, so the vision was very clear in the mind of the Muslim. It's not like you just want to get a permission from the Quraysh to pray in the Kaaba, but you need to take this to the entire world, and these superpowers have to come down. So it was very clear, and even there's a saying of Abu Bakr of the Iran, the order was to tie in your hand and don't even fight back. He said, I mean, Abu Bakr of the said, I even knew at that time there will be a time and have to fight against Quraysh because I mean, Islam cannot spread just like tying your hand. 
Yes, Jazakallah khaira. And especially also Surah Al-Fatiha where it says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. is the Rabb of all the worlds. And Islam, wa ma huwa illa dhikrun lil'alameen. It's a dhikr for all the worlds. In another place, in huwa illa dhikrun lil'alameen. It's nothing but a dhikr for the entire world. Okay, Jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah, are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.